Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey, now. Hello. Twice we've tried to get a normal podcast back on track, and twice we've been sidetracked. Dave was here <laughs> yesterday. Tuesday was the get reacquainted day when Kat was back, and, and here we are. We are ready to go. No, that was Monday and Tuesday. Today's Wednesday, isn't it? Today's Wednesday, yeah. Man, Wednesday now. I am all over the place here. Uh, I want to play something for you, Kat. Okay. People have probably seen this at this point, probably because it's amazing. And it goes back to yesterday's pod related to the bankruptcy proceedings for Bad Boy Furniture. Apparently, a customer has found out now they're not getting their money back, and he's pissed. Listen to this. Call the cops? Yes, call the cops for me, motherfucker. Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? Oh, no, I don't get the truth, eh? Fuck you. <laughs> I get it from the credit card company? When? My daughter doesn't have a bad to you. You? And it's not your fault, it's my Well, then, why, okay. why, why then? If it's not, it's not your fault, then why do That person, by the way, before they started that fit, threw a chair. He threw a chair across the showroom. I, I understand being pissed, okay? So let's say, let's put ourselves in this scenario. because Or maybe you're one of these people. You buy, let's just say, whatever. You buy a set of some kind. Dining room, living room, doesn't matter. But you put down, how much do you usually spend when that happens, Scott? I'd say you spend at least two grand, up to six grand, maybe. Yeah, furniture shopping is not cheap. And let's say you decide to buy it all in advance with your credit card, whatever the case is. You, you, you buy it. And then you're just waiting for the order because that's what happens, right? There's shortages or sometimes you just have to wait till the stock comes in. But there you go. You, you paid the money and your furniture is nowhere to be seen. Who wouldn't be pissed off? It, I don't think it matters how much money you have. You'd be pissed off. Yeah. You paid for something that you're not getting. But, but this, I mean, I knew we'd at least see one of these situations. That's why I'm surprised they even stayed open. Like, I wondered how many stores were just going to close their doors because they didn't want to deal with that. Because what is a customer service rep supposed to say? First of all, don't throw shit. You're a grown adult. Like, why would you? Th- you could have hurt somebody. Like, don't be stupid. And also in there, he admitted this guy freaked out. The video is going viral. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Is it on um, Six Buzz or something? It's probably on Six something Buzz like has that. got it. Great, 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 Toronto great. Toronto 416. There's so lots you, of accounts. You can find the visual if you want to. But essentially, and I'm sure this is not the only person that got angry and yelled at someone who works at Bad Boy. But let me tell you, the person that works at Bad Boy knows as much as you know. In fact, they're probably really upset or, or scared because they're losing their job. Yep. So taking it out on a cu- someone in customer service, I-, I didn't like that at all because I've been in that scenario before where I've been yelled at for something that had zero to do with me. Zero. To, it's not my fault that we don't have this or this isn't available. I have nothing to do with that. I don't run this company. 
Like, I understand you have no one else to yell at, so that's the person that you believe you should yell at, but come on, man. Well, that's what I'm wondering is people have a right to be angry. They put money down for a product that now the company has really unapologetically said, tough luck. Yeah, you're not getting your money back. If you want your money back and you paid by a credit card, phone the credit card company, but we're not giving you back your money. I don't understand who people could complain to, whereas they have every right to. So it makes sense. Oh, yeah, go into the store and complain. But the people who work there had nothing to do with the decision, and they're about to lose their job anyway. So you're right. Opening the stores after they said, yeah, we're probably going to, we're filing for bankruptcy protection. Stupid idea. And it puts the employees in a shitty situation like this. It does. And I'm not sure what the communication was like, but you know what I was wondering as I was watching that video? That, sh- that showroom, specifically, in this video, was full. And I thought, is there nothing they can do for these people, though, in that moment? It, it, were they given direction? Like, hey, you know what? If someone comes in really pissed off, offer them any of the beds on the floor. Like, you oh, know what? Here's yeah. your sale. You can have, you can pick any of these beds. You know what? This one's worth more. You, you want to take that and be done with it? We'll just say that's the sale. Sign some shit. Let them come out with the bed on the floor. Why couldn't they do that? I don't know. And I'm sure there could be policies to protect that or to have that from happening. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know either. But there's got to be something they could probably have try doing uh, for some of those people. But there's a ton of people, right? Like there's a lot of people waiting on shit that are not going to get it. Um, does it. Does it make you, though? Here's the question for anyone who's not involved in this, who doesn't have, who didn't buy furniture recently and is being screwed over, essentially. Does it make you not want to give money up front ever again? Yeah. A lot of these companies make you. You have to. Sure. You pay for this and then eventually it will arrive and we'll tell you when it's out for delivery or available for pickup, whatever the case is. Maybe they should change the way they do things so that customers don't get screwed over. Yeah. So that people actually don't need to worry about it. Because now some people's credit cards are who knows. Like maybe they're, they maxed out their credit cards just to get this furniture. Or it, we don't know anyone's scenario, right? But it doesn't really matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're still out maybe a grand, maybe six grand. Like we don't know. It's not right. I, um... All the furniture stores work exactly the same too, right? Like most of them want you to sign up for their consumer credit cards and all that oh, sort yeah. of shit. And and frankly, Bad Boy was wildly irresponsible with this. Could they just say to the people who come in and are pissed off, you know what, just pick any bed you want off the showroom floor and it's yours, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they probably could, but I have a feeling that the uh, creditors would not want that. They've probably been told... Anything that goes out the door must be sold for full price, and we will be collecting that. So, rock in a hard place, but opening the stores was stupid. Yeah, I don't think it was a good idea at all. Like, I saw, I mean, you could see other people disappointed, not freaking out. There's one individual, right? I'd love to know what it was like in all the locations. How many locations of Bad Boy are there? Like brick and mortar. It seems like there's a decent amount. I mean, I live in Burlington. I know that there's one there. It's on Fairview Street. This uh, one, I believe, one in was Kitchener. in Whitby or something. Kitchener's one in, got one. one in Whitby. Yeah, okay, sure. Whitby, Kitchener. So there's got there's several locations of this store. So I'd imagine everyone who works at there or was there has a story. Um, maybe not quite like this. Was this, which one was this one? This was Whitby. It was in the one? East End, Durham area. Okay. Oshawa, Whitby, okay. one of those uh-huh, areas. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, we got lots more to get to on this episode of After Nine. Coming up. A lesson in counting from the prime minister. But before we get to that, a few other things. We'll go through some headlines. A 23-year-old clocked going three times the speed limit in his dad's Corvette in Brampton. The car was going 186 kilometers an hour in a 60 zone. Come on. The driver, it's amazing to me that all they can do is charge him with stunt driving, suspend his license for 30 days, and impound the car for two weeks. That's a punishment 
and eventually he'll go to court and he'll get a bigger punishment, but I feel like it's not enough. I feel like if you're that reckless, you should go to jail. It's dangerous. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Dangerous is a very like low-key way of saying it, but he could have killed a lot of people. Speaking of dangerous, I think a lot of people were really caught up in what happened to that hockey player that used to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's playing over in like a semi-pro league in the UK right now. Fine. He, his neck got cut by a skate blade. <sighs> scary when that happens. They called it a freak accident and it, it is basically a freak accident because it doesn't happen very often where somebody's neck gets cut by a skate but it has happened before and that's why a lot of leagues basically every one of them except for the NHL itself is now requiring players to wear a neck guard so that this sort of thing is less likely to happen. Now they've charged the other player with manslaughter. Mm. Wow. I'm trying, to, trying to figure out why. I saw the hit. They don't show you his neck getting cut and all the blood that poured out of him. I heard it was just one of the most disturbing things you've ever seen for the people that were in the arena. Uh, I really don't want to see it. uh, But I'm thinking about this guy who died, and I'm also thinking about Matt Petgrave. That's the player whose skate cut Adam Johnson's neck. They must have something for them to lay a manslaughter charge almost three weeks later, right? Or is it just, we got to do something, it wasn't a, a typical hockey play. It was an open ice hit. His leg came up because he was slipping. We got to charge him with something and let the court figure it out. Is that what it is? Or do they actually think <sighs> that that something happened here? Well, manslaughter is murder, but no intent. Yes. Um, uh, but, mm-hmm. And see, that's a serious charge if they don't have something. If they don't have something, that's a pretty serious charge to throw against someone. I think it's too serious if, if, they, ser- if they don't have any kind of evidence. But if you look back at the, apparently if you look back at the tape, I also, I didn't even look it up or see if it's on like the dark web somewhere. I don't care to see it. But right before it happened, apparently when his leg came up, it was too quick for him to have done it on purpose for sure. But is that their way of saying it could have been prevented? Because we know that it could have been prevented. Any of these freak accidents can be prevented. Yep. But charging someone with manslaughter over it seems really harsh to me. I think so too. I'm waiting to see what they've got. I'd like to know what led investigators to say, you know what? This wasn't just an accident. We're going to actually lay a criminal charge here that could result in jail time for that other player if he's convicted of manslaughter. Real curious to see where it goes. Uh, How often do you travel by train? For me, probably it's been 40 years. I haven't been on a train since I was a kid. Yeah, a long time. Amtrak is America's via rail. And of course, in Canada, we have via rail. The question is, why can't we make via rail and Amtrak work together? In some cases, they do. You can actually take the train from Toronto to New York. I don't know how many people know that, but you can if you want to. Well, now they're going to open up an even bigger corridor. By 2027, it's highly likely we will have train service from Toronto to Chicago. Oh, I like that. I mean... 2027 as a few years out. But aside from that, yeah, I like that. So what they're going to do is they're going to connect the Detroit line from Amtrak to the Via line, and it'll connect in Windsor, right on the uh, southern tip of Canada, everybody, in case you're listening in America or not very good at geography. So the way it'll work is the train will leave Toronto. It could go one of two different ways to get to Windsor. It could go via Kitchener, or it could go direct from Toronto to London. Either way, it's stopping in London. Then it's going to stop in possibly Chatham, but most certainly in Windsor. Then it goes over and stops in Detroit. 
Then it goes all the way around the southern end of Michigan, all the way across, uh, was it Indiana there? And then right up into Chicago, Illinois. Great. Cool. You can take the train to Chicago in about 10 hours. You could also fly there in about 45 minutes. Is uh, is it comfortable? I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm thinking I'm wondering about, that too. Because here, I know planes aren't. Like, we all know that. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to, unless you're, of course, in like a whatever, cl- club class, special class, whatever it is, and depending on the airline. Unless you're on one of those flights, it's not a long flight to be that uncomfortable, but it's a longer train ride. So am I still uncomfortable in a longer ride? Am I saving a little bit of money? I don't know. I mean, it's a good option. Hey, I always say more travel options, the better. Some people are just afraid of flying. So yeah. for the, for them, this is everything. So that's great. I think it's a neat idea. It's ambitious for sure. It's a great way to see a lot of places that you would never get to see otherwise. Unless you happen to be driving or walking along the tracks, you'll never get the vantage point that the train offers, which is awesome that you can do that. I don't know how expensive it's going to be. Certainly not the fastest way to go, but it is nice that we have options. Options are good. I yeah. feel like once you get to that Detroit Amtrak station, you can get just about anywhere in America. You could probably take the train to Florida if you wanted to based on this. So that's all good. But back to the comfort thing and how enjoyable that'll be. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, it, it was like 20 years ago. I was working for a country radio station and Canadian Country Music Week was being held in Ottawa. So we decided to take the train to Canadian Country Music Week. And back then, VIA was a lot more lax than VIA is now. We were sitting in the VIA 1 service where it's alcohol included. You get a nice meal as opposed to just like a bag of peanuts or a burger or something like that. Yeah. And made friends with the... It's not a flight attendant. Would it be a train attendant? Yeah, okay. Stewardess? Yeah, sure, sure. Super nice people. There were a couple of them, and I was with a couple of colleagues. They And because alcohol was included, at one point they said, you know what? Here's the bottle of wine. Just keep it here. They set the bottle of wine on our trays, and we were just helping ourselves. And I said to the person, when we stop in like Belleville or something like that, can we get off the train? Because I'd had a few drinks, and I thought, maybe I'd like to have a cigarette. Nope. You can't get off the train. Doesn't work that way. But come with me. They took me to the back of the train. We were standing on the back of the caboose, me and this guy that worked for Via, having a smoke off the back of the train as it's going by at like 80 kilometers an hour. This day, or these days, I don't think that would ever happen again. No. I, I, I bet you that that's strictly forbidden. Mind, mind, mind you, they were doing it probably because they were like, yeah, this guy's cool. He's fine. He's not going to tell on us. No. In fact, I loved it. So I tipped knows? him like 100 bucks. Yeah. It was great. Uh, we have some news on something that we talked about a lot a couple of months ago. The controversial liberal online streaming law is now not going to regulate social media creators or podcasters. Yesterday, Heritage Canada released its final policy direction for the Online Streaming Act, Bill C-11. The direction from the federal government explicitly instructs the CRTC to not impose regulations on social media content creators or podcasters. Hmm. So we're safe so far. Well, I don't think so, Kat. Here's the problem. I think that the way they worded it, it's meant to make people like you and I feel better. No, no, no. We're not going to get involved. Don't worry about it. We are, this is us saying we are not going to regulate creators or podcasters. And that's what we wanted to hear. That's what most podcasters wanted to hear. The problem is they can still regulate the platforms. So think about this scenario. Hmm. Maybe 
maybe Justin Trudeau hates our podcast because we don't always paint him in the, the, the brightest light. Maybe he hates it. Well, now he's not going to be able to say, Heritage Canada, get that shitty podcast off. He won't be able to do that. But what he could do right. is because they control the platforms, they could go to Spotify, Apple Podcast, or whomever and say, hey, if PM doesn't really like this one podcast, put the pressure on them. Like, tell them to shape up or they're gone. And that's essentially God. what they could do. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. We but all hope it did. doesn't happen. But... Nothing would surprise me at this point. So not exactly out of the woods yet. I'd still like them to stay completely out of it, but they're hell-bent on bringing it into the broadcast system with radio and television. So we'll see where it goes. Speaking of the prime minister, he was at a samosa and sweets factory yesterday. Fun. Politicians, I don't know if they love this shit or if they hate it. Like, if you're running for office, they're going to haul you into yep. this factory and you're going to make brake parts. And, and they're going to haul you into this store and you're going to sell cookies. And then they're going to do this and that. It's all for a uh, photo op, The right? photo ops gross me out, too. Like, I think if that was me, I wouldn't want to do them. So I, I don't even blame them for not wanting to do it. But it's also part of the job. You're right. It, you know it's part of your gig. The prime minister has not had... A lot of good photo ops lately. Uh, the most recent one that went bad, I believe, was at the Calgary Stampede where he went to flip a pancake and it just all fucking <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> Nobody told him how to do it in advance and it looks stupid. Well, now he's at this samosa factory and, and one of the things he had to do was count out 20 samosas to put in the box. Now, I'm going to let you listen to the prime minister. Listen carefully to how he counts. And if you're feeling particularly ambitious... Maybe check out his count by the end of it. Press one. Okay. This is good. Here you go. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Three, four, shit. Three, three. Again, he lost track at 12. Four, three. Three, four, three, three, fifty, three, a better that way, Justin. Fine. That's fine. Who, um, that's such a weird thing. Like when you learned to count, you probably used your fingers and maybe your toes once you got above 10. It was one, two, three, four. We all know how counting works. Justin, when he's going for multiples of 10 goes three, three, four, three, three, four. Interesting. Three, three, four. That's a weird way to do it. Why not three, 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 one or five, five. There's so many different ways. Why is he a three, three, four guy? I don't know. I'm just trying to picture Doug Ford on that line. Like, oh, one yeah. for me. One, one for you. One for you. Nope. <laughs> Two for me. None for you. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you about the samosas here at this particular factory in my riding. I'm going to tell you these are the best samosas you've ever had in your life. Best ones you've ever had. They're great. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we have drug laws in this country still, right? Last I checked, there are some, yeah. Or do we? Because I'm wondering. I mean, in one case, you've got the government not only manufacturing or supervising the production of illicit drugs yeah. that they give to people who are addicted, but we also have uh, legalized marijuana, which is fine. I think for the most part, that's gone swimmingly. And, and there's been mm-hmm. talk lately about decriminalizing other drugs, not legalizing, but decriminalizing small amounts of more illicit drugs. Like, i.e., you'd be able to walk around with a a personal amount of cocaine or a personal amount of fentanyl, a personal amount of crack. Those things are being discussed. And one of them that's on the radar is magic mushrooms. Uh Uh-huh. We haven't come to a consensus on this yet. Yeah, they're still talking about it, and there's some real fierce advocates for uh, legalizing. Is it psilocybin? Psilocybin, yeah. A lot of people talk about the health benefits of it, particularly from people who suffer from things like anxiety or social disorders, things yep. like that. Yep. There's a lot of benefits for. Well, I'm not going to get into the pros and cons of whether or not we should or shouldn't you can, legalize and it. And you but, can look up all the things that apparently it does help. Go ahead, look it up, and that's based on people who've used it. I mean, I've never used it in my life, so I couldn't tell you, but I do know people who use it regularly and say. It's a game changer. It's legal in some parts of the world, of course. That's right. Very and legal. Talk yeah. about making it legal here in Canada. But at the moment, it is not. Last week, a magic mushroom shop just popped open in Cambridge, Ontario. Wow. Police have already raided it. Oh. Didn't take long. But, okay, so did explain this to me. Did they do that thinking they'd be okay? Or did they do that at the risk of knowing they may be shut down? I think they knew it was a realistic possibility they were going to get shut down. But I also think they opened the store with every intention of functioning just like a normal business. So the city of Cambridge has piled on here and said, we're aware that this is operating on King Street, like Main Street in Cambridge. We're aware that it's operating and it does not have a business license. So oh, the well, co- that's a problem. It, it is. Well, that just means they're not doing regular inspections. What the fuck are they going to inspect? Yeah, it's one- all illegal shit. This is the one that was called Fun Guys, right? Fun Guys. Yeah, it was clever. <laughs> I like it. So police went in and shut it down, and they say they seized large quantities of suspected psilocybin. A 20-year-old was arrested and charged with possession for the purpose of trafficking. This is so reminiscent of the quest to legalize cannabis to me. I remember back in the day, like eight years ago, roughly, when we were talking about legalizing cannabis, people were opening up stores to sell weed before it was legal. And and the cops would shut them down too. Sure. Then, of course, it did become legal. And I'm wondering, 
Whatever happened to the people that opened up the shop before it was legal, that helped put a spotlight on this and helped draw attention to the fact that it should be legal, eventually the government agreed with them and legalized it. But they jumped the gun and went too soon. So this guy here that was selling the magic mushrooms clearly knows what he's talking about. He, he's in the business. If we get to a point where they legalize magic mushrooms, mm-hmm. should this guy, A, have the criminal charges thrown out that he's facing oh, now, yeah. or B, should he be allowed to open up one of the legal shops since he already opened up an illegal version? Ah, okay. So maybe one of the punishments, but not everything. You know what I mean? So for me, maybe it's you're not allowed to open a shop even when it's illegal. Congratulations. You've you've pissed away your license in the future. But I always wonder, I mean, we talk about we've talked about this before. Just like it seems so wrong that people are they still are there still people in jail for selling like or sorry, not for selling. I know you're not supposed to do it, but for like possessing marijuana. I don't know about here, but people do have criminal records for oh, from records. It. Okay. So then that's that's what I would look at. It's more so the records. Like now that it's legal. But at the time, it wasn't. So it's it's a weird morally kind of question that you could ask. I, I don't know what the answer would be for this guy. I'd say maybe, or this girl, or woman, man, whoever it is that's running the shop um, or team of people, I think that a good punishment would be when this is legal, guess what? You're not going to be able to run your own. Not to say they won't be able to profit off of it in one way or another. Oh, though. yeah. They'll I'll, figure it out. Yeah, I'll put it in my roommate's name. People, no problem. Yeah, I people, still own it. People always figure that stuff out. Exactly. Metrolinx has quietly started giving its staff an increase to their quotas for fare evasion. As of last month, apparently inspectors collectively are dealing out 6,000 fines on average to riders who do not offer proof of payment on a go route. After a warning, first-time offenders are going to face a penalty of 35 bucks. Second offense, 50. Third offense, 100. If you get caught evading the fare for a fourth time, then you get a provincial ticket. So basically what this works out to is Metrolinx has said, yeah, there's still a lot of people that are getting on the trains and stuff and they're not paying for it. So we're going to put them through the process. And that's fine. Metrolinx can do that. I personally don't understand why we operate an entire transit system that sucks that much money out of the taxpayer's coffers with no checks and balances to make sure that people are paying. It's ridiculous to me that you can just walk into a ghost station, go down the little stairs, up the other ones, onto the ramp, get on the train and go. And most of the time, nobody checks. There's not a lot of incentive to pay your fare there. And, and Metrolinx is doubling down on it. So the first time they actually catch you, a fare inspector comes on, hey, let me see your ticket. If you don't have one, you get a warning. Hmm. If they catch you again, what are the odds they're going to catch the same person more than once? If they catch you again, it's only a $35 fine. The ticket to get on was 12 I might take those odds. Wow. I might. I know people that do take those kinds of odds. Second offense. <laughs> so now you've been caught three times. It's your second actual offense. It's only a $50 ticket. Three times, which means you've been caught for a $100 fine. Fifth time is when you're actually going to get a provincial ticket and you may have to go in front of a judge to explain why you don't like paying the fare on go. Right. Is there seriously nothing we can do? No, no barriers, no turnstile, nothing that you can't go through it until you've paid your fare. Yeah. Could we not have one person at the turnstile just saying, show me your ticket. And if you don't have a ticket, fuck off. You know what? In some, in some places though, it could be so dangerous. I'm thinking of union. And when I took the go, from Union Station back to Georgetown back in the day. People were elbowing each other to get a seat on that go. 
So I could only imagine if you had, and, and also late, right? People are like running behind. So they are f- bolting full speed ahead. It's already dangerous as it is. If you made people stop to check that, I wonder if it would actually be kind of a dangerous situation. Now that said, humans are the error there. Like f- figure your shit out, get on time. You know, with enough time to get your tickets checked or whatever the case is, if we implemented that, it's doable. But I do know there's a lot of people that would still try to find ways around it anyway and potentially cause some danger. I don't know. I mean, I think that's human nature. There's going to be some people who can't afford it and they'll find a way. There's going to be some people who don't want to pay it. They'll find a way. But I think for the vast majority, just people like you and I that are taking the train down to a concert at Scotiabank or a Raptors or Leafs game or a Jays game or something like that. I usually take the train because it works out to be cheaper than driving, paying for parking and screwing around. But nobody seems like they're checking. Would it really be that big a deal at all the stations on go to have somebody actually stand there and say, can I see your ticket? And if you don't have a ticket, fuck off. They would pay the for themselves in minutes because I have a feeling there's that many people on the train that didn't pay to take the train. Yeah, there are people. I remember I remember it well because I worked with a girl who did never, never stamped her ticket, if you will. Right. So if you get a ticket, you just stamp as you go. Right. So you could buy a week's worth. And she'd try to get away with not stamping it before she went on the train every now and again, Uh right? So that's what she would do. And I was right across from her when she got caught the one time. And you could tell these go inspectors, I don't know what their names are, like what their actual titles, fair inspectors. When they came aboard the train, they do it at specific, especially at rush hour times. They're there. They're checking cars. And maybe you only run into one a week. And maybe you roll the dice and you, you get away with it for weeks. But the one time you do, it's so embarrassing because they stop everything to take your information. Give me your ID. Do you have an ID? What's your name? What's your phone number? In front of everybody. Yeah. I mean, the whole production is completely unnecessary, though. We pay these people just to wander up and down the aisles on trains when we could have avoided that and just had somebody checking the ticket in the first place. Oh, for sure. The other thing is we shouldn't be trying to give people tickets. We should be trying to just make sure they pay their fare in the first place. So if you've ever been on the GO train and you haven't paid for a ticket, you see this, the fare inspector come on and you think, oh, fuck, all right, I better log on and buy a ticket real quick on the Go website. And you can buy a ticket online. You can online. do that now, yeah. There's a 10-minute delay just so that you can't, when you see the fare inspector, log in and buy the ticket yeah. and say, ha ha, I got a ticket, get out of yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. 10-minute delay. Well, all that's doing then is just trying to put you in a shitty spot where you're going to get a ticket. They've got to waste their time. The whole thing is stupid when we could avoid the whole thing by just checking before people get on the train. Right. There's a new trend in home renovations and home building cat. Oh, I like it. Two dishwashers. Two dishwashers in one home. We talked about this on our radio shows today. Two dishwashers is apparently a game changer. In fact, we got a great text message earlier from someone who said, my husband works in kitchen reno and I can tell you this is spot on. It's very trendy now to have a second dishwasher. Now I racked my brain trying to figure out why in the hell would you need two dishwashers? And that was one of the questions that got asked. People say they'd like additional room to wash pots and pans. Some people said they like the second dishwasher for the kids' stuff. Uh-huh. They keep their adult stuff or the regular stuff in one dishwasher. Only kids' stuff goes in the other one. Yeah. Then they pointed out things like overflow space or it's good for uneven times when you have a lot more cups than plates and bowls and shit like that. People say the two dishwasher system way better than one.
okay, so I don't like the, th- first of all, I don't like the thought of having two dishwashers in terms of taking up space in my kitchen that I could have for cupboard space. I like my cupboard space a little bit more. I'm, I use my dishwasher all the time, though, that said. I have no problem washing my pots and pans, so that's the one thing I don't mind hand washing. Like, I think that's the deal for us. Like, wash the pots and pans, all the other shit goes in there. What I can totally agree with, though, and what needs to start happening is some form of an insert into the dishwasher. Maybe that's what we need. But the kids' stuff, you I mean, they nailed it. They got all these little shits. You know what I mean? All these little cups with things attached to it, and you got to pull this <laughs> apart. And I mean, I, I personally end up hand-washing most of it because it doesn't fit into the dishwasher. It falls through. There's not enough spokes. It's almost like you need a... Like I said, an insert would be great that you just kind of plunk in there and then you can put all those little shits in one area. Like, because there's too many little things, little utensils. I can't wait to, I started making my kids use regular plates. Now they're old enough though. They're four and six. So they can use the regular plates. I just worry they're going to smash my good stuff. So you still want to use plastic in some cases, plastic cups. I still use them because I've had incidents already. So, but it's the little things things that come on the cup ends. And even for some people, they'll put their bottles in there and it doesn't, it's not meant for that. So to have a separate one for it, so you can maneuver it and make room for it. Okay. But again, I think it just, for me, it's just going to take up space in the kitchen. I don't think I would desire to have a second dishwasher. I don't even use the one dishwasher I have. No, I'd have actually considered ripping it out and just making it shelves. We wash everything by hand at our place. Really? For better or worse. I mean, it seems like we do a lot of dishes, but Neither of us really yeah. wants to fill or you, empty the dishwasher either. So we just wash them by hand and let them dry in the sink. Good for you. I, no, I, and you cook a lot, don't you? All the time. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I use my, I run my dishwasher every other day. I say every other day. So I do pretty well in terms of hand washing when I can. I don't put plastics in there like a Tupperware and stuff like that. I don't just because it doesn't dry properly and I end up drying it and taking time to do that anyway. So I'll hand wash a bunch of things. But I need, I want that dishwasher. Hell yeah. There's nothing, no better feeling than just being like, hit start and I'll come back to this later. And it's all getting washed right now. I do have two of some things. I've got two microwaves in my kitchen. Okay. Do you find that handy? Well, one of them is a microwave slash air fryer. Mm-hmm. The other one is my built-in microwave that's above the stove. So that's the one that I use the vast majority of the time. But there's lots of times when I'm making myself some lunch and then something to eat for the dog. And I've got two different microwaves going at once. It's great. Okay, cool. I've got the... um. I, what I got put in when I did mine was the built-in, it's the convection oven, pizza oven, microwave combo. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, I use it a lot. I probably use it more than the oven. I try not to use the oven as much just because it's it's larger. The oven's larger. So I do use it for things when I need to, a lot of space. But if I don't, I put a pizza in the kids, with for the kids, for example, we just put it in there. Um, broiling features, okay. I wish it was a little bit better on it. But anyway, I use it all the time. I do really like it. I think all houses, if they come with two of anything in the kitchen, specifically we're talking about the kitchen, uh, I think two ovens is the way to go. Two over ovens two, is I, great. I take two ovens over two dishwashers. But maybe it's trending because most of the newer homes or nice big homes are going to come with two ovens anyway. Maybe and, that's why the two dishwasher thing's trending. And big kitchens too. They come with big kitchens. Uh I follow a number of home reno accounts on Instagram, and it amazes me how many people are doing weird shit in their kitchen. Number one, they've got entire kitchens where it looks like it's empty. But, oh, wow, those shelves over there aren't actually shelves. That's a fridge. And, oh, yeah. wow, that pantry over there, it's a fake door. You push it, and you go into a whole other room. Yeah, it, that's my. I love that shit. Like a kitchen speakeasy yes, almost. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, it's so inspiring and like, wow, look at this and look at that. But then I think, 
Where did you get the room for that? Like, did you take out a bedroom to put in this extra room in your kitchen? I think some people do. It wouldn't surprise I me at all. I think some people do. But think about, for some people, the kitchen is everything. I think for the most part, think about your house. Aside from your sleeping hours, you, you, you probably in the bedroom the most in general. But in your waking hours, we're spending most of our time in the kitchen. We have to be, right? I think Most so. of us are. I spend, in, out of all the rooms in my house, including the bedroom, I probably spend more time in the kitchen. That's just where we hang out. That's where we right? cook. When it's you where have people eat. over, people come people over. People always end up there. It's yeah. The right? kitchen is just one of those areas. So uh, yeah, you should invest some time and money into it. Uh, I'm gonna try and do a couple more things before we run out of time here. This is a question that I don't think we will all ever agree on for some reason. It's kind of silly if, <laughs> if you think about it. But is 2024 gonna be the year where it's totally okay and normalized? For women to go topless in public. No. No? When you say okay and normalized, like, I I don't see people doing it. Because people it's not normal. don't do it. Right. Well, people... And no. So to answer your question, no. I don't think it's, we're going to flip a calendar and it's like, oh, everyone fucking tits out. Let's go. No, but I mean, and I don't mean everywhere. I don't mean just walking down the street with tits out, blah, blah, blah. But you also don't see a lot of guys doing that. I mean, in places where you might see guys not wearing a shirt. Is it totally okay now? Are we equitable enough that women can feel comfortable in the same situation? Maybe at the park, playing beach volleyball. I don't think so. Skateboarding. I don't know. Uh, Someone did a poll on this very topic. 35% of adults now think women should have the right to let it all hang out whenever they see fit. Now, majority said no, but it was close. 51% 51% said no, 14% are undecided. Men, I don't know if this is going to shock anybody, but men are surprisingly more in favor of this than women are. Yeah, sure. Not surprising at all. 37% of women under 45 and just 15% of women over that age support it, meaning the vast majority do not support women walking around without a top on. Is it just the sexual connotation? Is it people don't want their kids to see a breast? Yeah. Is that what maybe, it is? Maybe, maybe. Um, it depends on. It probably all depends on where you are. But if someone's just walking down the street like that, you don't. Uh, so many people would cross the other side of the street. Really? Yeah, I think that there's still going to be that negativity. I don't. I. I mean, purpose. I don't see a purpose to it. I don't see a purpose to it. Just to what? What's the point of it? Get some air on them. I don't know. In a lot of cases, and, it's yeah. an equity thing because it is so normalized I, I to see a guy that. without a shirt on. There's a lot of women who feel, well, that's not fair. Anybody should be allowed to do that. I get that. But like breastfeeding aside, which nobody should feel uncomfortable about, but people still people still have a problem with that, Scott. People still have a problem with the whole purpose for women's breasts to begin with, which is to milk a baby, right? I mean, that's what it's used for if you were going to consider it useful in any way, shape or form. And people are still uncomfortable with that in an appropriate setting. Where they're just sitting down on a bench, like people will still go, oh. Uh, uh. So I cannot imagine a world where people are comfortable with someone just strolling down the street with their top off. I think that it would make way too many people uncomfortable. We're no, not even close to being there yet, if we are at all. We might not even get there. What about at the beach? You know, if you go to Grand Bend, Sable, wherever it is you happen to go, anywhere in Muskoka or the Kawarthas, lots and lots and lots of beaches in Ontario. And and guys, if they're laying out getting some sun, you'll almost certainly see them without a top on. But you don't see nearly as many women even sunbathing topless 
Is that the same thing? Just people are nervous about it or that other people don't want to see it? Is that what it is? Like nervous to do it? Like what's your question? Both. Are they, like are, what do you mean? Are women nervous to do it and are yeah. people not ready to see it? Even at the beach. Yeah, and I think they'll probably find places to go where it is more acceptable because they don't want to be looked at or talked to because people are very loud about their opinions. They'll tell you what, how they feel about your own kid running around at the beach. So I can't imagine if your tits are out, there's not going to be like a, I don't even want to say like an old lady or something. That's not even the case. There could be young people with young families, you know, 20-somethings going, what are you doing? Like, or, ew, put a shirt on or whatever. Calling you this, that, or the other thing. People, so, yeah, I think people would, are not ready for it. People still haven't figured out how to mind their own business, have they? It is shocking that people still would go up to a stranger and criticize one of the choices that they made like that. Yeah. I mean, it again, it all depends. When you're talking about tits out, is this someone who's like frolicking on the beach on purpose? Like, that's what I picture. And if that's the case, yeah, of course they're going to get, of course they're going to have people judge them. Of course they are. And maybe rightfully so. Maybe they're doing it on purpose just to get attention. Maybe they're not mentally well. I mean, there could be a number of reasons why someone does it. Or maybe they are well and they just they just want to get a f- even tan. There's always going to be people judging it. So if you're not ready to get judged, you're probably not doing it. And in this society we live in, you're getting judged all the time. There's also social media. There's people's phones. People are not appropriate. They'll take video or pictures. Is that what you want? You might as well go on OnlyFans. Might as well make money off that. <laughs> Don't give it away for free. <laughs> That's what I would say. All right. Last week, a plane left uh, New York's JFK International Airport and had to return shortly after when a horse got loose in the cargo hold. Oh, well, that's interesting. You don't hear stories like that no, very often. No, you don't. What was the danger there? Why did they have to land because the horse was out of its crate? Were they worried the horse was going to... Like fall over? I don't know. Oh, like, like turbulence? What, what's the concern here? <laughs> that they had to turn around and do an emergency landing with a full plane full of gas as opposed to just carrying on to wherever they were going to? Yeah, um, I think... There, yeah, there could be a number of reasons why. When Maybe when you open that cargo hold or you go in there, you're afraid the horse is going to have a really bad reaction to what just happened. Either way, flying for a horse, I think that they're not going to have a good, they're not going to be in a good mental state anyway. Won't they? Or are they pretty calm? Did they give them something to make them a little calm while flying? I think they do that for animals. I, we do it for people. Well, we might we as do. well do it for animals. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one more thing I want to mention on this episode of After Nine. And, and again, it's not going to be something we all agree on here, but tipping fatigue is real. Yes, it is. People are sick and tired of <laughs> everywhere they go. Somebody has their hand out saying, give me a tip. So it's a real good article that was written about this today. The average person now tips at least five different people a week and they're fed up with it. Why do we do it? All for ourselves. We aren't tipping because we want to reward good service. 43% say they tip so they don't look like a jerk and 34 more percent say they tip so they don't seem cheap. That means only one in four are tipping based on the service. The rest of it, it's just obligatory. I got to say that's me. Me too. Uh, that's me because I'll, especially when they're right in front of you and it doesn't matter where you are, but if there's a tip option, you're like, oh, this is weird. It's not a common tip option. Like I'm not talking about getting served at a restaurant or even like my hair person, my nail person, anyone in that industry of like, it's it's common to, to tip. It's, it's so awkward that I just want to do it so that they don't look at me funny. Or if I go back into that business, I don't want them to judge me. And then I wonder, do they know who I am? That's the other layer to it. Like, ugh. Am I going to have to change places if I don't give a tip 
someone making whatever, making me a salad at Subway. Like this is, it's kind of silly. Yeah, I, uh, I have a hard time not tipping, although I'm getting better at it. I have a hard time not tipping when the person's looking right at me. Yeah. Like when they hand you the machine or they're holding the machine. Uh. Oh, go ahead. And they know that you know that tip button is right there. Yep. And if you hit zero or you hit skip, they're going to know about it within seconds. And it's almost like you can't possibly face them, even though there was no realistic expectation that you were going to tip the fucking guy at Burger King for making you a Whopper. That's right. And it's it really is everywhere. And it amazes me. Every time we talk about tipping, someone else will send me a message saying where they got it from. Someone was at like a pottery place, but it was a make your own pottery thing. Like you pick up the pottery, you paint it. That's it. You're just buying the pottery. You can sit there and enjoy. There was a tip option on there. Why? They were like, I picked it up off the shelf myself and I painted it myself and I'm tipping you. So that like things like that are, and someone else messaged me about getting a spray tan. It was a machine spray tan. It's not even like the person was physically spray tanning them. They hopped into a machine, got the spray tan. And then when they paid for it, there was a tip option. Okay. There's people asking for tips though. I feel like they're only asking just to see if the other person actually does it. Certain ones we've been tipping for years, the servers, that sort of stuff, maybe taxi drivers or Uber drivers or couriers, whatever you want. That's fine. Hairstylists, when we've talked about that on the radio, we're evenly split. I always tip my stylist, but not everybody does, and that's totally fine. Now we've gone down this weird path where fast food restaurants are asking for tips and this, that, and the other thing. I, uh, I don't feel pressure to tip in areas where I didn't traditionally tip. If I go to Walmart and there's a tip button on there, I will <laughs> gladly say, fuck off. No. Yeah, I don't. I, they ever added a tip, that would be hilarious. But even fast food restaurants are asking for a tip. Yeah. And the worst that can happen is you don't tip. Well, they weren't getting tipped anyway. I don't blame them for asking, would you like to tip? Because sometimes people do just yeah. so they don't look like a jerk or seem cheap. Yeah. And they're making money off of and this. It's working. Makes, but this is why other people do it, right? This is why when, when one business hears it, they're like, well, we might as well put a tip option and see what happens. Exactly. Right? Okay, guys, we got to go. Thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. We will have another brand new one coming your way tomorrow. Uh, little note here. Uh, thank you to the listeners who have pointed out. We're coming up on the 1,000th episode of After 9. Wow. A thousand episodes. Just yesterday, I was looking through Facebook memories. My 10 years ago memory was me posting about how we just posted our 10th episode of After 9. Now we're at 1,000. Insane. Crazy. So what will we do for the 1,000? I don't know. That's Dave's no, problem. No, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. <laughs> have yourselves a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.